thanks for connecting with our online content at Holy Trinity Church in Richmond. We really hope that what we share with you will be a blessing and will help you to continue to grow in your knowledge and love of God. It's very nice to be with you this morning. Hopefully I can move around a little bit. This seems like a good mic. It's nice to be with you and uh, good to share in your worship this morning. Um, So the theme that I'm uh, picking up on this morning is um, X marks the spot, as is um, on the screen. Bit of a, a pirate reference there, you know. It's about locating treasure, isn't it? And Jesus tells a story in the Gospel of Luke that we just had read to us before about locating treasure, Jesus' story of the rich fool. And it's kind of interesting because when I read this story, actually the rich fool doesn't seem that foolish in lots of ways. And I want to explore that a little bit with you. So let's just sort of walk through the story first of all. A, a guy in the crowd calls out to Jesus and asks Jesus to say, that his brother should share the inheritance from their parents. And that seems entirely reasonable to me. I would quite like my brother to share any inheritance that comes from my parents. But in the meantime, I hope my parents are very well and stay alive a long time, just to be clear. (laughs) But, you know, it seems fair enough, doesn't it? This guy calls out that Jesus is just simply not interested in getting drawn into that. And I think that's the, the key point there. He just doesn't want to play. And I guess... You can think about it, can't you? If Jesus went around and everywhere he went, people said, solve this problem for me and tell my brother to do this and make sure my boss is kind to me and teach my wife to be nice to me and make my husband decent, he'd just spend all of his time doing all of that. So he's not really interested in helping this guy with that particular problem. He's much more interested in something deeper. And so he tells a story that takes things deeper. What do you think? A farmer who does all the wise things. If you look at the story, the farmer, it's just a made-up farmer, but there are good farmers, aren't there, Dave? (laughs) Great crops, lots of production, needs to store lots of crop, so builds bigger barns, and all is well for the future. But the story is going to finish with God saying, you're a fool. Tonight, your life will be asked of you. And it's one of those moments, isn't it, where you go, whew, sheesh. And I think, you know, we might be familiar with it. We've probably heard it lots of times, maybe. But imagine being in the crowd the first time and hearing that and going, ooh, ouch. And you might be caused to think, well, what about, what about me? You know, I'm, I'm preparing for the future. I'm planning well. I'm looking after life. I'm doing things. What's this about? might get you to click for me, James. It's decided not to work. We'll see. So what's Jesus' point? Jesus' point is quite simple, isn't it? It's actually simply that the farmer is wealthy for himself in this story and cares for no one else and especially not for God. It's a story really about those who store up treasure for themselves but are not rich towards God. That's what Jesus finishes with. All connecting to where Jesus begins. He actually begins the story 
He leads into the story by saying, Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Now, many of us in this space, I imagine, don't consider ourselves to be particularly wealthy and therefore don't imagine that we spend our time on greed or storing up lots of possessions. Although when I look at my garage, there's definitely a lot of things that I don't need in my life. Most of it's junk, it's true, but there is an abundance of possessions. It's quite distressing. If you go X marks the spot in my life, it's probably the one corner of our entire section on household that's tidy. (laughs) That's the bit I long for. But Jesus is warning against something really serious, against an imbalance in our priorities, an imbalance in who we are, something that will pull us out of shape, something that will get us out of sync with God. You think so? All right, I believe you. Let's try. Wow. All right, it's directional. Who knew? (laughs) You're awesome. (laughs) Okay. It's about having the right treasure map, isn't it? It's about the right X marks the spot. Being wiser than the farmer. And the farmer is actually, I think, quite wise in the story in lots of ways. Jesus doesn't say, don't be wise about business. Don't be, what is a lever farmer? I'm sure that's supposed to say clever. Jesus doesn't say, don't be a clever farmer. Jesus doesn't say, you know, be a foolish farmer. He doesn't say anything like that. That's not what this is about. And I think that's a real danger for us maybe in this story. If we just read it too quickly and don't pay enough attention and we just kind of go, oh, you know, Jesus is kind of anti-business or anti-farmers, doesn't like people who grow grapes, stuff like that. But not at all. (laughs) Look, I never know when you're going to give me a hard time, so I'm getting in first. (laughs) You know, the book of Proverbs contains a lot of everyday wisdom about doing a good job of life. The book of Proverbs is full of that kind of wisdom. And the Old Testament often teaches us how to do life well. Jesus is not anti-wisdom. And he's not anti-doing a good job of life, quite the opposite. It's not that we should be bad at our business, or bad at life, or mismanage money. The key line that Jesus brings is, but are not rich towards God, isn't it? He doesn't actually say, I'm bringing you bad news for those who do well. He says, I'm bringing you bad news for those who do well and are not rich towards God. Whoops, have I just gone the wrong direction? Okay, so why? Why are we in this space? Why does Jesus say this? And we could be tempted to think it's just because he says, in the story, well, you're all going to die. I mean, he doesn't quite put it like that. But he says, you know, God says to the farmer, tonight your life will be required of you. And is that the center of this story? Maybe, you know, the point of the story is, oh, we should buy some credit in heaven because we're all going to die. So just make sure we cover that off, right? 
So kind of maybe work out the calculus, do a bit of maths, you know. Um, I can be greedy to this amount, and then if I just make sure that I kind of buy God off enough, then I'll be all right when the inevitable happens. I don't think that's the thing either, is it? I mean, it doesn't seem like a silly idea, but it's not Jesus' point. And for a Christian, it's actually a very stupid idea. Jesus is telling us that God is the greater treasure, that God is the greatest treasure. Jesus is teaching us where to put the X on our map. Jesus is teaching us where the spot needs to be for our highest and greatest desires, the desire that will shape everything else underneath it. I think over years I've learned something from the Lord. It's not that our desires for good things and nice things and even for pleasure are a problem. It's not that God's running around going, don't have fun, stop, right? No laughing, no fun, certainly no dancing, you know, don't enjoy things. The good things of this world actually come out of the creativity and the goodness that God has put into this world. And we are created actually for pleasure, aren't we? We are told in Scripture that in God's hands are pleasures eternal. I've often wondered about that kind of statement about God. Kind of like, ooh, sounds a bit dodgy. Not sure about that. I'm sure the Puritans among us are struggling with the thought that God's all about actually pleasure and joy. But the key thing is, where is the mark on our map Because if the mark on the map is in the right place, if our joy and our pleasure in God is the highest, then all the other ones can fall into place. They fall into order and it all makes sense. But when the wrong ones get to the top of the pile, when the wrong one gets to be marking the spot and our being and our lives and our hearts are kind of twisted out of line into just focusing on that thing, then we will be twisted out of line. The shape of our lives will get distorted. Something that should be a lesser pleasure, but genuine, becomes top. And so it is, I think, in Jesus' story of this clever but foolish farmer. He doesn't know where his real treasure lies. He doesn't know the goodness of God. He doesn't know the joy of belonging to God. He doesn't know that his enjoyment of his success can fall into place below his commitment to God and God's goodness. And if he had the order right, if he had the orientation of the heart in the right shape, then he would be serving God and loving God and enjoying God forever. So, Having the right treasure map, being smarter than the clever farmer. Whoops, I pressed the wrong button again. Ah, hate that. For me, it's quite tempting and it's quite easy to worry about money. I work for a theological college that doesn't have any. (laughs) I'm not actually kidding. And it's easy, isn't it? Maybe some of us are in a similar position to me. That shortage of cash can be like an idol, can get in the way. I could spend my time 
just worrying about that. In my work, I could make that the key thing. I could be most concerned about trying to find the money to make the college work. But that's not it. I'm certain that if we make the college work, then God will bless us with the finance that we need. And sure, I do my work to raise finance, and I do my work to um, encourage people to give, and I'm about to encourage you to do that if it's appropriate. But I need to have things in the right order. Is my job just to make a theological college exist because there happens to be one and it's my job to make sure it exists? No. My job is to put God first and to say, what kind of theological college, what kind of training place does the Lord want me to run? How do I serve God's kingdom? How do I love God first in this space, in my job? Maybe you can ask the same sort of question in all the roles that you have. In your relationships, being parents, grandparents, husbands, wives, friends, neighbours, whatever work we do, whatever roles we take. Let me talk to you a little bit about Bishopdale College, but first let's pray. Lord, we ask that you would be showing us the right ordering of our lives, not just to say with our mouths that you are the greatest, but to order our desires, to allow your spirit to be at work, bringing your fruit, so that the highest things in our lives would be connected to you, love, patience, peace, kindness, self-control. That the fruit of the spirit would be our greatest treasure, and that all else could fall into place as we seek you and serve you. Whether we are rich or poor in our possessions, order us according to your goodness. Amen. It's just a very quick update on the college, seeing as my job is to run your theological college. I give you a quick update. I was here fairly recently, so some of you might even remember that um, the college exists. But what we're talking about today is, in fact, a part of the mission and the orientation that the college exists to serve. So it's your college. Um, the diocese, Anglican Diocese started it. We're focused on teaching and sending out leaders into the church and working with leaders already in the church. And this is our focus. We want to be about leaders who learn from Jesus and who serve and witness to God's kingdom. So, you know, some of you know me a little bit. I've got um, somewhat to my embarrassment, um, a few degrees in different things. Seemed to become a bit of a student for a while. Um, but, you know, I'm very aware that degrees and diplomas and qualifications don't make Christian leaders. They can be an important part of our toolkit, and theology really matters. I'll say that again in a moment. But at the heart, it's about discipleship. It's about belonging to Jesus and serving his kingdom. And so we want to be having um, training and a college that's focused on those things while doing the work of training, raising up leaders, equipping them with leadership skills and theology and biblical understanding. So we have students working towards two diplomas 
um, and then some continuing on to finish a degree. About 15 full-time students this year. Um, some are in Nelson, Tasman area. We've got a few around the country. Um, and um, most are in Anglican settings, but a few in non-Anglican settings, which is great. Um, that's really, really good for us. Um, we are training one of the senior leaders of uh, the Salvation Army in Nelson at the moment. Hmm, what do you know? Which is pretty cool. And um, we have partnerships with mission organizations, and our students are mostly um, incorporating a practical placement within their studies. Um, can't really use the language of apprenticeship because that's a particular thing with the government, but it's a bit like apprenticeship. And um, we call them interns, um, but that's a dodgy word at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch the news or listen to the news. Um, we are very careful about how we handle internships and very careful about how we handle those spaces and how we look after people. I'll just say that. Uh, we also have partnership with uh, Te Hui Amarangi or Te Waiponamu, which is the Maori Anglican region of the South Island, which is pretty cool. Um, they sent one student to us this year, and that was really good. So students around the place, as you can see, so, Jesus trained leaders by making disciples first. And that's a major theme for us in our college. Jesus didn't just start training leaders, he made disciples. And from those disciples, he raised up leaders. So that's what we want to be about as well. So a big thank you to all who support us financially. We do need it. Um, just a kind of update, like, this seems to happen every year, and I don't mean to be blasé, and I don't mean to make you think that um, the finances don't matter, but every year we project a deficit. Most of the way through the year we're in deficit, um, and I wonder how much longer we're going to survive as a college, and then by the end of the year somehow money comes from somewhere and we're okay. Um, maybe we just don't need bigger barns. <laughs> but we do need support, um, and so... Thank you for those who do support, um, and if you can't, that's absolutely fine, you know, please don't feel any guilt, but if you are able to, then chat to me or go to our website, um, there's a page there that guides you how to do that. Thank you for your um, encouragement, and I really pray that um, the Lord is blessing you here in this place. I know that um, for many of our churches, it's hard to feel encouraged, it's hard to feel that we are full of life and there's been lots of pressure and it's been such a difficult season through COVID and all kinds of other pressures. So I'm going to take a moment and pray and then I'll hand over to Eric. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the people gathered here this morning and I thank you for all those on Zoom. You are our greatest treasure. We lift you all the things, all the pressures, all the difficulties, all the hard work, and even the discouragements that can shift our focus. We offer you our desires, the things that we long for, and we ask that you would order and shape our lives so that our desires fall into place as we seek you. And so I pray for this community here at Holy Trinity, that you would be at work, that you would bring encouragement and hope and life, and that as we seek you, the fruit of your spirit, 
as we pour our lives towards finding treasure that only you can give. I pray that in that space, we would know your peace, your fruitfulness, and your goodness. Amen. If you'd like to connect with more of our online content at Holy Trinity in Richmond, you can do that by going to our YouTube page simply by searching for Richmond Anglican Aotearoa. You can also touch base with us online at our website or on Facebook by searching with those same words. Friends, we're so thankful that you've joined us online and that you're enjoying our content. We really do hope and pray that God is blessing you through it. If you've got any feedback, you can touch base with me, zane at richmondparish.nz. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.